Salutations! And welcome to the 64th episode of the In The House podcast. I am your... Oh wait, it's the official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd. I am... Uh, I'm, I'm fine to be here tonight. I'm fine. If uh, There have been a lot of people calling to check, and I'm fine to be here tonight. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's been a loss in the family. In the purple uh, family. It was a tough loss. It was no fun, and uh, it needs to be dissected. And maybe sort of a little state of the union here of uh, where do we go, what can we expect, how do we feel. And uh, for that, I'll need a partner. And I can think of no one better than... Uh, my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from a treehouse in Irkutsk, Siberia, Russia, Andy Frederick. Andy, welcome on, buddy. Andy. Oh, dear. Oh, no, I don't have Andy. I'm Andy-less. Uh, Andy tonight is actually studying extremely hard for his test uh, as a booze master or a masters of booze or whatever his test is, he's working very hard and we're going to have a two week layoff for Andy Frederick. Uh, that is unfortunate. Uh, and so instead I can think of no one better to help me tonight than my replacement, Andy, Andrew Oost. Thank you, Andy, for coming on, Thank buddy. You. My pleasure, man. I have brought on a Cooper who knows about soccer, who knows about this Lou City team, who knows about the USL. And so, frankly, in all ways, he is already better than my Andy. But uh, he is not nearly as tall. So no. that's that's working against you. Or as handsome. Well, I would never I would never stoop to commenting on that. Uh, no. Andy, we're... I needed somebody to bounce this off of tonight. Sure. I've been wanting to... I, I, I sincerely considered just doing a show on my own. Just, you know, I'm going to do an hour of Evan's soapbox. Mm-hmm. I thought, A, why subject the people to that? And B, I, I need to know that I'm not insane. I, I need to understand that, or if I am, to have confirmation. Okay. That was a brutal loss. That was a painful-to-watch loss. Yeah, it was. I, I dare say it may be the most painful of the season thus far. And we've had a few that hurt a little bit. The Swope one was pretty painful. The Swope one was painful, but there was a, a mitigating uh, circumstance uh, and involving, we involving a goalkeeper, yeah. which we don't we won't, we won't won't dwell on too long. But you can almost write that one off as an anomaly because of that freak situation we had there. It was bad. Don't and, get me wrong. But this one yeah. is harder to explain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. A couple guys were out with injuries. Blah, blah, blah. Same stories it's been all year. But it's a game at home against a team that we have typically owned. We've typically owned and, frankly, uh, are better than. Hadn't, yeah. hadn't shown this season. We got one point out of two games against them yeah. on the year. But, uh, yeah, man, that was a tough one. It was it was, uh, it was hard to watch, I'd, I'd say. It was a painful one to watch. That is the other way in which I think this was harder than the Swope game to me, was that we were all there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. the Swope game, it's on the road, there was the rain delay, so a lot of people didn't even watch the whole thing. It was a, it was a messy, weird right. game, and we had the goalkeeping anomaly, 
And uh, that game, yeah, we lost and shouldn't have, but it, it was still yeah. just, it was, it had mitigation. There's no mitigating this one. No. We got beat at home by a lower division team. Shouldn't Basi- happen. Basically. I actually made a little list here. This is the kind of uh, masochist I am. I, I make lists, lists like this. I, I listed our worst losses of the year. And there's three that stand out. It's the two we just talked about in the in that weird Birmingham game that got postponed yeah. to the, to the uh, Sunday morning. 9 a.m. Which also game. is a bit of an anomaly. It was a weird situation. Also a very, very bad loss for us this year. But this one, I don't know, man. It, it, you add up all the factors, and this has to be maybe the, the crappiest loss of the year for us. All right. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. They're all three crap losses. They all suck in their own way. They're mm-hmm. all games that Lou City fans have become accustomed to winning. Sure. Um, here's my here's where I need to know that I'm not crazy. I thought we played our best game of the year. I sincerely thought Lou City played better soccer than we have played for the entire year. I loved watching the game. The actual game itself, if you're just uh-huh. if you took the jerseys out of it, if it was a bunch of guys running around in white t-shirts, to me, I thought that the game was played crisply. I thought that the defense was aggressive and effective. I thought that we moved the ball interestingly. Um, I thought that we used the speed we have on the edges wisely. Uh, I thought we took a lot of shots, some from inside the box, some from outside of the box, really peppering the goal. Had a lot of great opportunities, and I thought that the midfield play controlled the tempo of this game to the point where, yeah, we didn't play much through the midfield, but we didn't allow them to do anything through the midfield either. It was basically, we're going to get the ball, and then we're going to get it out into space for our speed guys, which is the highlight of our team right now. Sure. And I thought it was a great game plan. I thought it was extremely well executed. I liked everything about this game. Except for the fact that they took one really good shot and none of ours went in. Other than that, I thought it was as well as we've played. I I can agree with you up to a point. And that point is basically around the 18-yard box. Okay. Uh, the defense was solid all game. Goalkeeping solid all game. A lot of the build-up play out of the back was solid all game. Uh, we were getting the ball to the wings. We were getting it, getting crosses in to the middle, and then, and then I don't know what happened. It fizzled. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Luke was off his game. Um, I, I don't really know. I'm not. I'm not going to delve too deep into the tactics. Of what I think went wrong, but, but someone right with Luke. Uh, Ombi was a little was a little off. Um, Speedy was again as per usual, skying balls into the uh, into the upper deck. Um, but all that being said, um, we generated enough chances where certainly we should have scored one, if not multiple goals didn't happen. Part of me wants to just write it off as, as one of the bad luck games and move on to the next. But then part of me thinks there might be a deeper issue. I don't know what that is particularly. Um, but See, that's exactly what you just said is the exact point to me that's the most interesting thing about this game. Is listen, we have two losses out of our last 11. Yes. Uh, two losses out of 11. One of them to what I think is the best team in the league, which is the Red Bulls, too. Sure. On the road. Sure. By one. Sure. And then this one. 
So 11 games. Now, yeah, we have failed to win some of those that were winnable games. A lot of draws in there. A lot of draws, but not losing games. Sure. We lose this one. And what you just said, though, is the most important thing to me is there seems like there's an issue somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, you cannot have it simply be we're bad at finishing. Like, it can't just be that. And yet... I don't. I, I look. I, I did go back and rewatch this game, and what I you. what I took away from it more than anything was I couldn't point to anyone on the field that didn't do what I would basically expect them to right up until the second they took a shot. Right. Like everyone that you point to, they were in good positions throughout the whole game. They were pressuring the ball well throughout the whole game. They were uh, aggressive. Um, Ownby and Hopeno were switching sides quite a bit, sure. which is, to me, kind of defeatist. Like, it feels like it's just covering ground to cover ground because they both do essentially the same things mm-hmm. well. So I don't really know what the advantage is of switching sides for those two guys. Sure. It makes more sense if you're playing Ownby with George or Nile on a wing right. and you go, well, let's wear down that fullback for a minute and make him chase. Sure. It doesn't make as much sense to me in this instance. But, I mean, even that's a nitpick. It's like if, if somebody thought, I've got a real shot over on the right right now, then cool, go over there. But I can't point to any one thing about the game where I'm going, that guy played like shit. I didn't like watching what he was doing that night. He needed to do something better right up until the second where whatever shot left their foot. Sure. And that's the intensely frustrating thing about a game like this. Sure. And I think why I'm sensing so much angst and anxiety from everybody is – there's not a, well, we did this terribly, and well, if we do this well next week, then we'll be fine, or bench this guy, right. and we'll be fine, or when this guy comes back healthy, we'll be fine. Right. There's not as much of that, because everybody played well. Sure. No, it's 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 like, if you look back at the, at the bad losses I was mentioning, we pinpointed immediately the cause of them. The, that Birmingham loss, if you go way back to March or whenever that was, it was horrible marking on yeah. on set pieces. At least two of them yep. that led to regular goals. Like, boom, that was the yep. that was the cause. Okay, well let's fix that. The Swope Park game, atrocious goalkeeping. Terrible. End of yeah. story. That that's that that's what cost us that. that the game. North Carolina game. It was clearly just uh, uh, counters. Sure, it was counters. They beat us on yeah, yeah. four separate counters yeah. in that game. Yeah, you walked out of those games you're like we lost, we sucked, but we know why we sucked. Yeah. This one, it's a little more nebulous. Score better. It's a little more, yeah. Yeah, score better, score more. Yeah. The defense was actually really good this game. I, I thought, really thought they played very I nice thought it was fine. I actually I, I, I was very uh, perplexed when I saw Nile starting it right back, mm-hmm. which I know he's the Swiss Army knife of Global City players, mm-hmm. but, but, but kind of like unsure why why at this point in the season we're having to deploy him there, but that's fine. He did a really good job, actually. I liked what he brought to the yeah. table as a right back. It's, that's fine. If you go back and look at some of the touch numbers from that yeah. game, he had the ball at his feet. He made tackle after tackle. Yeah. He completed the most passes. Yeah. He uh, he played really well back there. And let's, let's call a spade a spade. Where this team is deficient usually is that we haven't been able to find an appropriate partner for Oscar on the other side of the field. Whether sure. you're playing in a three-man back line and it's, you know, four midfielders, whoever the opposite midfielder from Oscar is, or if it's a two-man back line, whoever the opposite fullback is from Oscar. Sure. We haven't found it. There's a Kyle Smith-shaped hole in this roster sure. right now, and that's brutal. 
Sure. And you and I and Andy last year on our podcast talked specifically about how, man, if either Oscar or Kyle go down, we're in trouble because we sure. don't have an obvious replacement. And then we went into an offseason and lost Kyle and never replaced him. Right. Well, and then for there were stretches this year where I thought Frano was, yeah. was, was filling that role really well, but then, you know... He didn't get. He was on the bench. He didn't. He didn't get in this game. And, he's, and he's played well in stretches. In stretches. He he he's he's hot and cold. Yeah. Um, the one thing that you always loved about Kyle Smith, and that up until this year, mostly, we always loved about Oscar is, regardless of anything else, they did a yeoman's job of just running the whole game. That spot is just up and down the field, up and down the field all game. You've got to be really helpful in attack. You've got to be really helpful in defense. And it's not like playing a normal midfield spot where, yeah, you're running, but you're running inside of a box. Like, uh, the those wing roles have to just bomb the whole game. Sure. And I'm not positive Sean Francis has that style in him. And so when Sean Francis is in the game, he becomes a de facto third fullback. Sure. Because he's not getting forward very much. Sure. Uh, which, to me, is one of the reasons why it's been disappointing that Sean Tosh never developed that right fullback gift. Sure. Because if you're just going to have him play as a de facto center back, then may as well have it be a center back that can almost do it. Right. But he's never played well out on that right wing. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought playing Nile there is it's a creative attempt to fix a deficiency in the lineup. Sure. Niall is clearly one of our best 11 when he's on the field. This is a place to put him on the field. Because right now you don't want to put him at the 10. That's Maggie's sure. spot. Sure. And you don't want to put him on the wings. He's not nearly as fast or as explosive as Hopeno or own BR. Sure. Which is, I think, part of the reason why we're not seeing George Davis on the field very much right now. Sure. And so trying to find a way to get Niall into the game, sure. I'm comfortable with seeing how he does it right back. And I thought he played pretty well. I thought he did. I thought he did well. Now, granted, I, I watched the entire game from the supporter section, which uh, means that for the first half of the game, I had a terrible view of what was going on. Sure. Uh, and and then after the game, I do rewatch them occasionally. But uh, you know, I didn't feel like rewatching this no, one. No, I don't. I don't it sucked. You. So I, I I did see uh, most of the action of the uh, second half. It was down on our end a lot. Yeah. And, uh, to the tune and, of over sixty percent. Yeah, and it was just it was just frustration, man. Um, so many even... balls just bouncing, just just dribbling wide, headers going two feet wide, um, just scrums in the box where we couldn't get a foot on it. Yep. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Every way, every way you could you could take a shot and miss a shot. We we basically did thirty five um, shots. Yeah. 35 shots. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so 15 of them got blocked at the point of the shot, and you go, who cares? Sure. That's still 20 shots in this game. You put half of those, I think 12 total, on frame in the game, and can't put one home. Romero wasn't even standing on his head. He was making mostly pretty comfortable saves. Yeah. It was It was immensely frustrating. I, I do, I do... From from my vantage point down in the the Cooper section, I do hear a lot of people uh, just sort of screaming, "Shoot it!" Every time a ball gets gets, every time a player gets the ball, twenty five yards or closer yep. at his feet. And normally, I, I'm like, you know, shut up. That's mm-hmm. don't just yell that every time. That's not always That's the best. Tactically thing to do. unsound. Yeah. Um, and 
but there were a couple occasions this game where I would have liked to see them unleash a 25-yard rip and see yeah. what happens, put it on frame, maybe get a rebound. Um, but then, to temper that uh, thought, you know, the few times we did take shots from outside the box, like I mentioned with Speedy, you know, they're ending up in the upper deck. Yeah. Um, so, in, in thinking back on this year, I don't recall a lot of goals from outside, a lot of rips from outside the box in, in the in the play. run of play, yeah. This year, I don't yeah. I, I don't believe we've scored a lot of those this year, and I'm not sure we've scored any. Is that something that that Hackworth uh, discourages just speculative shots from outside the 18, or um, is that just something we don't have a particular skill set? And I find that hard to believe because, you know, I find it hard to believe that if you give Magnus Rasmussen two or three rips from. You know, twenty yards out, he's not going to be able to put a couple on frame and maybe put one in. Maybe, and that's you know. and that's a completely fair, fair. I wouldn't even call it a criticism. It's more of a note, yeah. you know. That and but I mean, I think that if you really look at this game, you'll see that we did take more shots than usual from outside the eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them getting blocked, and that's a virtue of being down a goal and them having ten guys in the box. A lot of those right. shots are going to get knocked down. I mean, sure. it's just you're shooting through a lot of dudes. Sure. Um, you know, so I, can't, I can't bang this drum too many times this year. It's the truth. I, you, you can't listen. I don't care that it's the same truth that it's been. It is the truth. This team is built to play with leads, yeah. and we haven't had leads. Six straight games, giving up the first goal. We're built to play with the lead, and we haven't been getting it. And that is. That is a that's painful reality because we're designed to spread teams out and people talk all the time about how Slugger Field's a small and cramped field. It's a normal width field. It's 75 yards sure. across. That's a normal width on a field. It's a short field, sure. but it is a normal width. And our team is designed to drag people out wide and then be able to play the ball back to the middle and spray after you've pulled defenders out of position. And we did that effectively in this game, but they were always able to have an extra two guys in the box that wouldn't normally be there sure. because they had a lead. Yeah. No, the box was awful congested. Mm-hmm. I mean, every on everything on on the the shots from deep, there was always two or three guys in there to block it. On the crosses, there was always there were very few free headers. Mm-hmm. Every header was contested by multiple guys. It seemed so. And yes, then, and so, then the two truly free headers we had, Abdu puts one wide. Yeah. And Luke sort of just—he sort of deadened it right at the. It was—I remember that one. It was just a little high for him, and he wasn't yeah. able to get the whip on it that he would if it had been more directly to his head. He was reaching a little bit for that one, but yeah. So I don't know. It was uh, left a lot wanting. We can't—we can't say this. We can't say this for a whole year, and yet here I am. It, we're. One hundred percent. I have no doubt in my mind. Going to have a game where we get eight, where we get seven goals in a game, just by virtue of the fact that soccer is really hard, and mm-hmm. luck plays a variable in it. And eventually, when you take twenty-five plus shots every single game, sure. you're going to have a game where their keepers off, or where your shooters are on, or a couple of balls take rebounds that shouldn't have taken rebounds and they go our way and not their way we're gonna have that game i look forward to that game because it'll be fun to watch but it won't be indicative of anything either 
The same way that, to me, this game is not truly indicative of anything. Because we can't point and go, get that guy out of there and we've got a game. Cameron Lancaster's not walking through the door. He's not going to. We're not suddenly going to have a 20-goal-a-year scorer on this roster. It's not happening. I have no doubt, I have complete confidence that Danny Cruz and John Hackworth are spending their days beyond game planning looking at potential transfer options and loan options and thinking, can we bring in somebody who can give us an injection of whatever? I think the Hopano signing was ultimately a good one. Lucky, Lucky was great for us in a lot of ways, but he was also redundant for us in a lot of ways. And he wasn't for Tampa. So, yeah, this was a trade that sadly made Tampa better, but it also made us better because Hopano is an improvement for us where we needed an improvement. No, I like the Hopano trade a lot, and I did I did from the beginning, and it was nothing It was nothing against Lucky, but like you said, yeah. Hopano filled more of a need than, than Lucky was at the at the time. Yeah. And, and I'll stand by that. And, and, and I, I think, think Hopano has been, been good for us so far. And I'm, I'm actually looking to see him be a major difference maker in this stretch run. Yeah. And the other guy that I'm really excited to have back who um, – I think is going to be a big factor is uh, Abdu. Yeah. I mean, we've only seen glimpses of him this year, but I think the guy has the potential to bang in five, six goals in this stretch run and be a either a complement to Luke if they can figure out how to get those guys on the field at the same time, or frankly, if if Luke's underperforming, um, maybe as a as a replacement for for at least. Part or most of the game. I think that you're going to see both of them in basically every game for the rest of the year. I do too. Unless we get that seven goal game where we decide we can bring on Pat McMahon, Sean Tosh, sure. and Taylor Pay or Alexi Swahi and just say we're going to pack it in. We've got a five sure. goal lead. Would love to see that. Uh, I would too. <laughs> Other than that kind of game, though, I think you'll see both of them in basically every game. Sure. Uh, the interesting thing to me will be who's playing 70 and who's playing 20. Sure. Um, there's virtues to both. Uh, I think, though, that Abdu, in particular, has a nose for the goal. Yeah, he had three real good chances in this game. A breakaway, a header, and then a ball that fell to him in the box that you'd love to see him put away. Sure. But he was in the right position for them. Sure. And that means something. Sure. Uh, He's got a good sense of where to be on the field, and you hope that as he gets his soccer legs back under him that some of that finishing comes back. I think that it will. Yeah, Um, I do too. I doubt we play them both at the same time very much. I think that was purely by virtue of, in this game, in the second half, you could tell there was zero chance Bethlehem was getting another goal. Sure. Zero chance. Sure. And I think Hack just put as many offensive options on the field as he possibly could. Yeah. At one point in this game, I believe we had six wings, two strikers, and a number yeah. ten. It felt and a bit a yeah. fullback. Yeah, it felt a bit like like a kitchen sink yeah. type of scenario, which sometimes that's that's what you need to do, and sometimes it works. Um, not, I don't. Not yeah. that time. Didn't work this time. No, sadly it didn't. Um, I don't know. I, I I tend to think you you only stick with one. I, I I tend to think you stick with one number nine. I do too. Um, I think partnerships rarely work, and this yeah. is coming from an Arsenal fan who has yeah. two of the best number nines in the world yeah. <laughs> that we haven't quite been able to figure out how to make sure. it work at the same time. Sure. And so I, I agree with that. I'd rather see one number nine on the field at a time, and I think that they bring such different skill sets that 
it allows you to see what's working and what's not in the game and make adjustments. And I have consistently felt like Hack has made great adjustments in game. Particularly because one of the things we always say about this team is we're a good second half team. And the reason we've been a good second half team is because we go in, we make a plan, we adjust our plan, and then it has generally been more effective. In this game, we were better in the second half than we were in the first half. Mm-hmm. We've come back from those six one nothing deficits to get wins or draws in five of them right. because we make good adjustments and change our game plan around. My criticism to hack in this instance is, how about we stop falling behind, right. make those adjustments before the game happens, let's, let's get on the field in the right formation, in the right tactical alignment, and start executing from go. Right. And those, I remember those, those days under O'Connor, they weren't far behind us, where we'd be up one nothing, 2 nothing even, and be putting on attacking players yeah. to go for the third and fourth. Yeah. Just put your foot on their neck. And we lost a couple of those games because of it. Right. Or drew a couple but of those games. But that mentality is only, like, like you were saying earlier, that men- having that mentality is only possible if you're... Ahead. Ahead. Yeah. Getting out ahead and then doing everything you can to stay ahead and go out even further ahead. And that's just, there hasn't really been too many games this year where that's been the case for us. Maybe that Charleston home game. Yeah. But really, I mean, I, I can't really think of too many games where Honestly, we w- the Loudon game. I think we were yeah. up 2 nothing yeah, in the yeah. Loudon game sure. before we gave up the late goal. Yeah. Uh, and that was the Maggie scored in the first minute. Right. And then uh, Tosh yep. with the uh, with the tap in, tap in yep. on the corner kick. And that game, I thought we were essentially able to do that. And uh, hopefully we're able to do something similar in this game against Loudon because got to get the three points. We're going to move on now to a game preview, I think, unless you got more sure. you want to say about this. No, let's, I'm, let's stop talking about it. It's kind of miserable. Yeah. And the, the takeaway I want everybody out there to take from my perspective of this is I don't think we can play soccer better than we played soccer for 70 minutes of that game we have to finish like the playing the game from box to box i thought we were tremendous and then once we got into our box we were terrible just didn't 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 have that finesse didn't have that touch didn't have that power whatever it is you needed we didn't have it it turns out that finishing is an important part of soccer it is it is and i think that if you're gonna to me Coach Ackworth is an interesting case study right now about how do you feel about the guy. Um, full disclosure, I'm an employee of Louisville City Football Club, and so uh, my, all opinions are my own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the team or our sponsors or affiliates. But because I'm an employee of the team, I've, I know him a little bit, and I personally like him. He's an interesting and engaging person. I personally like him. I think that you, no matter what, I, I'm starting to hear rumbles of, you know, the, well, do, is this the guy? Do we want to keep this guy? What's up? What's going on right now? I'm starting to hear those rumbles. And I'm telling you, divorcing any personal thoughts I have about John Hackworth, that is so colossally stupid. I can't. I can't. I agree. Like, that is so colossally stupid. The guy's been here essentially a calendar year now. And in that calendar year, he led us on an 11-game winning streak to a title, and I don't care who you are 
or who, uh, if you're the staunchest James O'Connor supporter in the world, and you're like, well, O'Connor built that roster, and he just, you know, pressed the right buttons. Well, you got to know which buttons to push, first off. And second, James O'Connor was losing games with that roster before he left. We were not in good shape. There were rumbles about O'Connor right before he took the Orlando job because we were in a bad-looking way right at that time. We'd come off of, like, two losses in four, two losses and a draw in four when O'Connor left. But beyond that, he's won a title, and we are in the thick of the Eastern Conference race. We're not oh, yeah. where we want to be as a collective. We're used to being first or second place, and we're not. I get it. That sucks. We're not in real jeopardy of missing out on the playoffs right now. We're not missing the playoffs. No. We're There's not no in way. real jeopardy of that. Like, uh, you know, things go horribly wrong, three more injuries and, you know, a couple of bad bounces. Okay, fine, fine, we missed the playoffs and fine, go fire the guy. Whatever. But the people who are thinking, like, mid-season change kind of deal on this, are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah. I, I don't think it's that many people, Evan, honestly. It's, I it, hope it's not. A, it's, a, it's a noisy few people out there on social, but um, it's a case of we, we're, we've we been absolutely spoiled from day one. Yeah. And we are just now figuring out what it feels like to be adequate. mediocre. Adequate. adequate. You know what I'm saying? Like, folks, look at the other teams in the USL. Look at your St. Louis's and your Charlottes and your, well, nobody supports the two teams, so I won't bring them up as an example. But, you know, Indies. your, yeah, your Indies, like, they know, they don't get as upset as we do because they have already come to terms with mediocrity because they've dealt with it before. Yeah. We've never had to deal with it before. No. Never. No. We've from, had, from my, we've, had we've had short stretches of bad form. Yeah. That's all we've ever had is at worst. Yeah. And now we're having a stretch of, of not even really bad form, just mediocre just form. Adequate form. And, and people are, we just, they don't know how to deal with it. It's not their fault. Yeah. You know, we're learning. We're learning what it means to not be, Basically, the best team in the league right. for a change, and <laughs> and and I mean, I'm going to get roasted for this. I have no doubt. Uh, I'll get roasted for this. We're not going to lose in the playoffs to someone who doesn't win the title. I like that prediction. I'm not ready yet to talk about where I think we'll finish sure. or how we'll do. Uh, famously, after the Toronto game, I came on and said, we're winning the fucking title, and then that we was, won the fucking title, and it was awesome. That was epic, man. And I'm not ready yet to talk about where I think we'll finish. I'm still sure. gauging. A little premature. But what I am ready to say is that if somebody wants to win the title, they're going to have to beat us. And so maybe they beat us in the first round of the playoffs and go on and win the title. Sure. Maybe they beat us in the final and win the final. The Eastern Conference final, I don't care. We're either winning the title or the team that beats us is winning the title. Okay. I'm comfortable with that notion right now. Well, hasn't that basically happened every year? Every year. It has That's happened. never not happened. We have either won the title or the team that the team beat, beat us won the title. Yeah, so. And that will happen, again, that will be the case again this year. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that prediction because, one, it means that we're we're in the playoffs, which, okay, whatever. We, we expect to be in the playoffs. But two, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna go down, I've always thought about this. I always, I'm a UK basketball fan. Have been my whole life, and I, I always, I, it is a shame. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, 
But yeah, yeah. Whenever we would go out in the in the NCAA tournament, it was always like, well, I I actually hope that team that beat us wins it. Just so you'd be like, we yeah. might have been the second best team. Yeah, you don't sure. know. Sure. We might have been. Yeah. I get that, and I feel that way about this team right now, where by the time the playoffs come around, we are going to be a factor. That we will be a part of the determination of who wins it all. Yeah. And uh, I feel confident about that. Whether or not that'll be us, I'm not there yet. Uh, I still think that we have it in us to be that team. Oh, yeah. Um, And I still think, and I'm hearing a lot of people acting like, like finishing in the top four is slipping away, and that's not the case at all. No, like that's way too premature no. to be saying that. We still play all those guys. Yeah, so so that's that's something I would like to talk about a little bit. Is is our schedule is really interesting the way it sets up the rest of the year? Yeah, because we have well basically pockets. Yeah, we have pockets of games we should win. Now mm-hmm. this past game was one. Yeah, we should have win, and we it's didn't. A game we should have. But the next three set up. Very intriguingly, is games we should and could and should win. And that's uh, Loudon, Charlotte, Charlotte, and Atlanta. And Atlanta, too. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you have to win those games. But then we have a little five, six game murderer's row. Yep. And that's going to tell the tale of the season yeah. right now. We'll there. know everything at that point. We'll know everything. If. If if we go through the, the, I mean, I think there's there's Indy in there, there's Tampa, in North there, Carolina, North Carolina in there. in there. If we go through Nashville's those, in and there, it's, Tampa, it's, it's same old story. We're dropping points at home, blah blah blah. Um, then you can maybe start to be like, okay, this team isn't what we thought. But I think what's going to happen is that's when this this team is going to step up against the better competition. We've as already, we have even this year, as we have this year. Uh, look at the Nashville game. Look at the we. We laid the wood to Charleston at home. Yeah. We've taken uh, four points off Ottawa, which is a playoff team. Yep. We've, we've drawn at Tampa. We've drawn at Indy. Yep. In, in, in and lost, solid lost by one at New York. Lost by one at New York on a almost a fluke goal, essentially. But they had about 83 They did. Kids. They did. It was a justified loss, but still. Like, That's the other part. Them. So I think this might be one of those teams that, that plays to the level of their, their opponents. Right. Right. I, I'm starting to get that impression a little bit. That's the part that I think is the other reason why I'm not ready to start thinking about seventh place overall no. or about what happens at the end of the year. No, I still think we'll be top four. I because really we haven't, we have played one game this year. One. And I'm including the Cincinnati MLS game. We've played one game this year where I didn't think we were the best team on the field. And where the stats didn't bear that out. What, New York? New York. Yeah. That was the only game where I, I did that, where we walked off the field going, yeah, they were better than yeah, us, they and they better. beat us. They, they were. And we had a chance to draw that game. We had a couple totally. of shots that could have gone in, and we totally. could have gotten that. And, uh, and like you say, the goal they actually got was kind of fluky. Sure. And so that's the other reason I'm not really ready to think about no. this team in terms of where we'll finish, Mm-mm. because the process... Yeah. The process of this season has all been positive. The results haven't been positive. And that can change like that in the USL. And you were right. We play a murderer's row of five or six games in a row against real competitors, guys that will be there at the end of the year. And if we come out of that going, yeah, no, Nashville was better than us that day. Yeah, Indy was better than us that day. 
Well, then okay. But they haven't been. No. And we've seen them. We've played them. These are the these are the teams we're competing with for fourth place, and we're they're we're not any better than us. We're right there, if not better than them. We need to start beating the bad teams. That was the one thing that I will give O'Connor credit for over Hack, is that we beat the bad teams. Sure. When we played them. We pretty much beat them. Just took care of business. And uh, that's what we haven't been doing this year. But the team itself, to me, hasn't felt like a lesser version of... Honest to God, this team reminds me a lot of the 17 team. Yeah. uh, Where we don't have a clear goal scorer. Where everything's chucking along... You're moving. We moved through that season fine throughout the whole year, and then we got really hot at the end of the year. And fortunately, we were only in like we were like seven points back of first when we caught fire, and so we ended up winning the East. Right. But the only year, the only year we've actually won the East, mm-hmm. interestingly. And it was not a team where I felt all year like, oh man, we're dominant. Now, if you go back, you can remember the famous stat: everybody. Scored every outfield player on the team scored that year. We're not that far off of that this year, where we got 28 goals and I think we've got nine goal scorers this year. Yeah, that's something. Mm-hmm. That's something. That yes, we're not getting as many goals as we need to be getting, and our conversion rate is just embarrassingly bad. 10.2 is not okay. 10.2 is not it's okay. It's got to be the worst in the league. Second worst. Who's yeah. worst? I don't remember. I think it's Hartford. Oh, we'll see. That's there you company go. you want to keep, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we've got this stretch of games we need to be winning. We've got a stretch of games that'll tell some interesting tales, and then we've got two to finish off the year that are against weak, weaker opponents. Uh, I think it's Hartford and Memphis are where we finish. It's somebody, and then Memphis is how we finish the year, where you're hoping you get a little momentum from those two games going into the playoffs, and uh, then you try to ride it out. We're in American sports here. This is American soccer. Who gives a shit? Go win it all. I'm a, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Yeah. We don't think any less of the 2011 championship team because we snuck into the playoffs at the last minute and then won the title. We won the title. Did That's you, all anybody did, remembers. Did you see uh, Zlatan's comments recently? About MLS? About just sort of MLS and the, and the, and the playoff thing. Now, he, he was coming at it from a bit of a different angle where he was just like, you know, in this in this, uh, in this this country, the the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah. All you got to do is get in the playoffs and, and, and then you turn it on. But then he awesomely said, but I am in playoff mode every day. He is. <laughs> we could use a Zlatan We could use right a Zlatan now. or even a guy that was one-fourth of a Zlatan. I'm seeing that Gareth Bale was probably available. I think Bale would be a pretty successful yeah. USL player right now. If, it, if that's if that's an option, I think he'd do well. I think he'd be okay. Thirty yeah. year old washed up Gareth Bale. I think he, he could be an effective striker in the disrespected USL. by Real Madrid. Completely, horribly. Where's he going now? Uh, there's still rumor after rumor about where he's going he's now. Going back to England? Uh, not not from what most people are saying. They're really? saying PSG's looking like a possibility uh, if they lose Neymar. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, a couple of other options, but yeah, huh. nobody's mentioning Louisville City, and I'd like to start putting that into the conversation. It's outrageous. That uh, he'd be a good fit. He'd be a good fit for this current roster. We can either we can either sign Gareth Bale or build an upper deck on the stadium. It's one of the two. Yeah, yeah. I, I frankly, I think the upper deck would be cheaper. <laughs> I think the upper deck would probably cost less. Um, okay, okay. So right. let's talk a little bit about Loudon. Let's talk a little bit Sorry about Loudon. 
So we got the two one win against them earlier in the year at home. They're a two team. Should have been six one. Should have. Yeah. Well, that was one of the dozen examples of a game where we took twenty eight shots, they took ten. Right. We put sixteen on frame, they put five, right. and we end up winning that game two one. Sure. It felt very flattering scoreline to them. Maggie scores in the first minute, and it really felt like we're off to the races now, baby. Sure. This one's going to be fun. And then it sort of drug along. We had sure. chances and chances, and nothing's going in. Tosh puts the second one in. You're feeling good with the big tuck energy. And then uh, we give up the goal, I think, in like the 60th, 65th minute yeah. to Griffin Yao nice on strike. an incredible shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Why does and everybody do that against us? It's, Why is that becoming a theme? I don't like that thing. <laughs> I don't enjoy that. Wonder strikes against Louisville City. And, and it really is, folks. It's a thing. The key is, it's it, it, it seems disproportionate. It does. Maybe it's because we're living in it. it Maybe the stats way. wouldn't back it up, but but I, I would wager that they would. Somebody somebody it's run the numbers on, seem- on goals of the week against Louisville City right. versus against other teams. Or even just goals from outside the 18. Sure, sure. Um, where... It feels it feels bad. Like, uh, Alexi gave up the ball on a bad giveaway. Griffin Yao makes one move after getting the ball and then launches from 23 in the corner. Not even up front, in the corner, and launches and drills it. Uh, I feel like we've given up more than our share of those types of goals. And, frankly, we got back on defense on that. There was a man in front of him. He wasn't alone. He wasn't, like, given 10 feet on either side and just said, fuck it, I'll shoot. The guy's a good shooter, and he shot, and it went in. It was incredible. It happens too much. How old is he? 16? I think he's 17 years old, I think. Get him over to Europe. Yeah. Well, Quick. He's, Borussia he's, Dortmund, sign he, him. He doesn't belong here. No. He seems like an Ajax player to me. Sure, get you him know? over there. Sure. Get him on the national team. Regard, or just put him on DC United full-time so we don't have to see him. That's that's okay, too. That's the risk we run in this game against uh, Loudon on a Sunday is DC plays on a Saturday at home. Mm-hmm. And so that means that DC United, any of their players who don't get, any of their regulars or subs that don't get play, on Saturday, may very well find their way into the lineup for Loudon on a Sunday. And that happened to us against Swope with yeah. K- with uh, Kansas City players. The guy that scored the third goal, right? Was one of their first team players. Yeah. And so you're going. I wish we didn't have so many Sunday games against two teams. But this may be a daft question, but but Rooney's coming back off of an injury. There is no chance they would try to. There is no chance. Game. No way, right? There is no chance. Okay. I, think I, I didn't think so, but but they, I think on the on the Bearproof podcast somebody brought that up, maybe in a half joking way, and I was like, there is no way they would trot him out in the no. ESL game. There is no way, even as a rehab. Nope. Thing. Okay. Nope. I mean, in, a, in one way that'd be kind of fun, but yeah, the it, guy himself makes like six times our roster. Right, right. Uh, you know, they don't want to take a chance that sure. Niall McCabe decides <laughs> that uh, you know screw that guy. Right. And uh, you know. I can sit out a game. You know, yeah, yeah. that's no, I, I, they don't take that chance. Yeah. They don't take that chance. Um, no, we will not be seeing Wayne Rooney in that game. But you may be seeing Griffin Yao. You may be seeing some of DC United's, you know, second-tier players sure, sure. just get some run. Sure. And uh, that's it always sucks. And so there was an article this week about uh, the likelihood of USL banishing all of the two teams. That was a very interesting article. It was. And I think ultimately that will have to happen. Uh, I think that New York Red Bulls 2 makes it 
harder for it to happen. Sure. Because they continue to be among the very best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, no attendance to speak of, but they're always good. And it's hard to tell New York Red Bulls, too, this team that competes and sometimes dominates against sure. second division teams has to play fourth division. Hard to I make get that, that argument. I get that, but USL is an independent league. Yeah. And it is not USL's job to develop MLS's players for them. No, it is not. It is not. And playing in front of uh, empty stadiums and 100 people in Swope or in D.C. like it surely will be this yep. Sunday or any of the other, even Red Bulls. Yeah. Best team in the league. They get 300 people at their games. It's it's embarrassing for – it's not embarrassing for the MLS2 teams, frankly, because they are ju- they are just what they are. They're reserve teams. It's embarrassing for the USL Well, and it as, just- a, as a league that is trying to cultivate – more Louisville cities yeah. and less Swell Park Rangers. Yeah. Frankly. And 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 it sucks. You know how many times I've been uh, tuning in with some of my more, you know, like like less rabid fans than myself, but people that we were just watching a, a game where we're on the road against a two team and they're like, God, what is this? Yeah. It's it's a bad look. It looks like, like a nobody, high school stadium. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares about this team. And you're like, you're right. Nobody does. And I have to explain to them, well, this is a reserve. And it just makes what we're doing, it cheapens what it does. teams it like, te- teams like Louisville and Indy and Phoenix and St. Louis who take it seriously. Uh, it's a bad look for those teams. And I'm sure part of the reason why USL is exploring uh, dropping these teams down is probably there's been some conversations between and it, and it gets to the root of and you and I aren't going to solve this today no we won't but it gets to well we might you and I are pretty bright okay, guys let's go at it uh, it gets to the root of the big of the overarching question of the USL sure is what does it want to be right is the USL gearing itself up over the next ten years to be the league of pro rel the league of you know of a meritocracy of soccer for the people and not for the corporations is that what USL wants to be or does USL want to completely carve out a completely acceptable niche in the we are the second division we're happy to be the second division we will continue to exist via the good graces of the first division and the, that's the thing is does USL want to compete with MLS or does USL want to coexist with the MLS because that means that they have to keep that relationship fresh you said it and you said it correctly it's not the USL's job to develop MLS talent but it is part of the USL's job to keep a good relationship with the MLS if what they want to do is be a successful second division league sure my hope, and I haven't ever been shy about this, and this is, again, where I'm an employee, but, you know, screw it. I don't want to go MLS. I don't have any interest in going MLS. I want to be the best possible American soccer team that we can be, and I want that to be in the USL or the NASL or the NPSL. I don't care what league it's in. I want to have good soccer against other good teams and be the best team in America. Sure. And I don't think that you have to be MLS for that. And if the USL continues to go the way that they've been hinting at with now having four divisions of soccer under their umbrella. Right. It's ambitious. Opening teams up. 
I mean, how excited is everybody about Forward Madison these days? About, oh, about Lansing United these yeah. days. The big ruination was that they screwed up the Chattanooga thing and that they haven't been able to get the Detroit thing right or the Miami thing right. And if they had pulled Miami, Detroit, and Chattanooga in and developed ground roots teams like Oakland roots, like the, like uh, right. Ford Madison and right. uh, Lansing United and those types, then you could have seen something really special. And I hate that they screwed it up with those three cities. Well, they're 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 kind of, so. From my understanding, some of those teams like Detroit and Chattanooga FC, they're wary of joining as sort of they they look at USL and look at it as a bit of a, a MLS light. Absolutely, and that's their issue with it. And, and good on them. Good and, on them. They, and that's, that's a valid question. It's a valid criticism, but at the same time, you cannot at all say uh, USL is just an MLS lapdog in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, I mean, with these latest rumors of them kind of forcibly relegating, in air quotes, these MLS 2 teams, that is clearly not what MLS wants, but USL is an independent league, and they can do that if yeah. they want. And so I think I think Jake Edwards, Jake Edwards is the guy you got to keep an eye on. Absolutely. I, 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 actually, everything he says, I, I, I pay really close attention to it because I don't get the impression that this guy is some sort of Don Garber crony a at all. Toady. Yeah. I don't. I no. don't at all. I think he's a pretty ambitious guy in his own right. Yeah. And I think he's he, this guy played. I forget where he played. He played for like Norwich City or something. Yeah. This guy comes from Soccer. English English football, man. I mean, this guy comes from a real football setup. He knows what it's all about. Or as Don Garber comes from the NFL. Yeah. If you weren't aware of his background. From business. Yeah. And um, I, I think Jake Edwards looks at the, the American soccer landscape at this point and says there is really nothing stopping us as USL from ascending to a league that could challenge Major League Soccer is the title of the best league in this country and I don't think that's going to happen anytime like no. really but near term but you got to keep but, taking those steps but there is nothing stopping it no really there's not um, there will be attempts to stop it if it gets too serious right. I have no doubt but and so I mean he's an ambitious guy. I think some of the I think some of the uh, ownership uh, groups in USL are ambitious in their own right. And and I want to see USL keep charging up and, and doing their own thing and and force MLS's hand. Force their is hand. the real key to me. Exactly. Because you get to the point where if we take enough of the market share of soccer in this country that enough people are paying attention right. that it starts hurting MLS's bottom lines. That that's when, at the minimum, it's a negotiation. Sure. It's how do we fold you guys in? Sure. How do we disband you? How do we, you know, uh, in, implement ProRail? How do we, whatever it will take. But that means the USL just has to keep getting bigger and better. And I feel like Jake Edwards is at least pushing us in that direction. And mm-hmm. the two teams being shoved down would be a big step in that direction. Sure. So it's it's all fun to watch, and as long as people keep coming out and supporting Louisville City, and buying the merch and buying the tickets, and next year buying the beers, that uh, you know, as long as Louisville City keeps being a successful team, then they'll ha- they'll keep having a league to play in. And the USL right now oh, looks yeah. like it's a league that has no intention of going anywhere. It's a good league. It's 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 clearly the the best and most well established uh, league. League that's come along since MLS, without a doubt. 
Well, um, I think of how easy it would have been for us to pick NASL and not USL. That would have been very unfortunate. Yeah, it would have been. But it didn't we happen. We would have been indie. It didn't happen, and I just want to assure, you know, who am I to talk, but I, just from my viewpoint, I just want to assure any Global City fans that are that are hand-wringing about other, oh, St. Louis is going to MLS, and Nashville is going to Cincinnati, and blah, 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 Charlotte now, out of nowhere, yeah. getting an MLS bid, tells you basically what you need to know about MLS. It's not about... It has no interest Anything in Anything else other than money. Is. Yeah. Okay, stop worrying. Yeah. All you have to do as a fan of this club is show up to the games and bring your friends. Yep. And be a fan and support this team and league be damned. That's all you have to do. And this team's going to be around for a long, long time. Quit worrying about it. It'll all it'll work itself out. And ultimately, it's not in it's not in any of our hands no. to control it. It's it's happening way above our heads. But, you and know. in incremental steps, yeah. too. That's the other bit. Is It's not like we're going to go to bed one night and then wake up the next morning and there'll be pro rel. No. Or we're going to wake up the next morning and it's going to be a 60-team league. Sure. That's not the way this works. No. Uh, you're going to wake up eight years from now and go, holy crap. Yeah. USL just got a bigger TV deal in these six mm-hmm. markets than the MLS did. That's what's going to happen. Like sure. That's the stuff that will force people's sure. hands. And so, yeah, keep showing up, keep doing your thing. Uh, you got a prediction about the Loudon game. Yeah, I feel like we break, I th- I feel like we break out of a slump. I feel like uh, we win 3-1. I'm not okay. quite ready for us to predict a shutout for us because I actually forgot what that feels like. Yeah, I don't even so remember. So I, I, I can't even contemplate what that might be. But I'm going to say 3-1, and I'm going to say we don't give up the first goal for the first time in six games. Love it. And uh, I'm going to say it's a game that, that that gets us back on the right track and does a lot to allay the uh, concerns of many of us. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason why we can't go in and handle this team. We should. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of anxious about the idea of we, we've got these three winnable games yeah. right in front of us. And what if we come out and win these three games with a combined scoreline of, like, 12-2? Which is a completely, I'll take it. I would too, and it's a completely reasonable thought process that could happen. Yeah, and then everybody's like, "Oh, this is the best team in the world." They, you know, we're we're too reactionary as a fan base. Oh, of course. To the that's, most recent result. That's what we do. It is, and it's annoying to me, and uh, it'll continue to be <laughs> forever, like forever. Sure. Um. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. I think we get a, a comfortable, if not commanding win uh, a comfortable win just yeah. a win where we, it's not in question I think yeah. the Charleston game is a is a good example of the kind of game I would expect here sure where we look good we feel comfortable the whole game you're never going oh crap are we going to draw that's never a thought it's just like I wonder it'd be nice if we could put two more in but you know whatever right. that kind of game I hope news and notes little purple stuff First, Scouse's house. I got the word from Scouse on high. Uh, they are promoting their St. Louis trip right now. They got some 15-passenger vans. They want to fill them up. If you are interested in going on the St. Louis trip, get a hold of Scouse. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, they're promoting it. You'll see those things on Facebook and Twitter if you're following along. Uh, I've personally made the St. Louis trip to three games. It's always a blast. It's a fun time out there. They're a welcoming fan group. They're a good fan group. The Luligans put on a nice show and are cordial. 
Uh, a lot of good stuff to do in the general area of the sta- of their soccer stadium. Uh, you get there early, go into downtown St. Louis, go into Florissant, get yourself you know the farmers market there. Go into take a Bush Stadium tour, a Bush Distillery tour, distillery brewery tour. Different uh, alcohol. Yeah, different kind of stuff. Uh, get out there. It's a good trip. It's a good time and uh, pretty cheap for you to go with Scouse and the gang. Uh, I recommend it. I doubt I'll be riding with, but I'll be there and uh, be happy to see all of your shining, happy faces at the tailgate in St. Louis. Uh, also, this is a good litmus test for away trips. They're trying this out, and the St. Louis game is still like six weeks away. It's October, so, right? Yeah, it's 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 a ways out before this game, and they want to feel out how many people are going to commit to this, so they can know. Hey, do people also want to go to Nashville? Hey, do people also want to go to Memphis? Like, what kind of trips can we do as a group? And if you are interested in being a part of away trips, this is the way to do it, is to get together with some people who are going, spend the money, have a plan, go as a group. Have a driver. Have a driver Very is important. immense. And yeah. Scouse himself is going alcohol-free for the uh, St. Louis trip to be the uh, driver of one of the 15-passenger uh, vans. I've ridden in a car with Scouse. He drives professionally. You're you're in good hands. Um, no, I'm telling you, this is the way that you help build supporters culture is by stuff like this. Having a reputation as a as a fan base that travels, and this is the easiest way to do it. Yep. Instead of having to come up with all of your own plans, you go, hey, I need to be where at what time? Sweet, and then it's game on. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I'll just chime in. Uh, one of my best uh, memories of any Global City game I've ever gone to was one we were frankly got our butt kicked, but God, the whole experience was fun. Was uh, a couple years ago up to the, or was it just last year, up to the Open Cup in Chicago? Chicago. I was on we, that bus with you. You were on the bus. That was a blast. It was so fun. Uh, it's the absolutely the way to go. The the you'll meet so many people who yeah. you wouldn't normally run into at games because maybe you don't sit in the same section. I mean, it's the camaraderie and just being around so many diehards is is absolutely the way to go. Like, I would go so far to say that if you were planning on taking your own car to St. Louis, yeah. skip that plan, leave the car at home, and sign up for the bus. Yeah. It's better. This is the, this is the way to travel. Travel in mass. You arrive at the same time. You've Everything's taken care of. Automatic tailgate yeah. partners. Yeah. You, it, it's, it makes everything, everything about your trip becomes easier when you plan these things as a, as a yeah. group. And there's no reason we shouldn't grow this thing. Uh, I mean, I... You know the way that, you know, of course, we're some of our rivals are getting picked off by MLS every year, but there are still four or five, definitely like doable away Eminently days. Eminently drivable, yeah. Eminently drivable away days um, for the foreseeable future in USL. So let's start this up being a thing. Like honestly, yeah. I, I, I would like to see a lot more I'm, away support. For I'm our consistently team. impressed by the people who are going to away games yeah. just on their own. Yeah. That, like, when you watch a Blue City away game, there's always, always five, eight, 15 people, even when it's Canada, even when it's sure. Tampa, even when it's, you know, Swope. There were, I, I was at that game for the team, and there were, you know, 40, 50 Blue City fans there, and 40 or 50 Swope Park Rangers fans there. Right. It was, uh, this is the way you develop a reputation. And, uh, if you are a MLS or die kind of a person, that's one of the ways that you can show out is having away support 
where it's these guys aren't just going to show up because it's convenient and they've already bought their tickets. They're going to go to all the games. If it's a game they can go to, they're gonna. And man, these are there and back kind of games. You can mm-hmm. get to and from St. Louis day of. Sure. Watch the game, hang out, do your thing, especially when you're not the one driving. So uh, off of soapbox, but t- I'm telling you, get to these games because they're fun. And the St. Louis game in particular, I've had a great time at. Uh, other news and notes from around the league. This is where I'm going to, unless you've got anything you specifically want to hammer from this, uh, obviously all the ticket stuff is going on right now. If you have, if you don't have season tickets and you put in your $50 deposit, there are still slots left. It's starting to be numbered in terms of how many slots left there are of guaranteed season tickets. If Safe you, to say season tickets will sell out this year. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm not a season ticket okay. guy. Can't say definitively. So but I cannot. Uh, I don't perhaps, like, of course. Perhaps trending that way. We are starting to run out of the where we are willing to guarantee it. Sure. Because right now, if you're a season ticket holder, you have the option of buying up to double your current allotment. So you're a family of two. And your sister and brother-in-law have always have enjoyed going to games, but they buy them on an individual basis. But they've never been season ticket holders. You'll be able to buy four if your if your account has two. Because of that, who we can guarantee seats to is starting to get limited. Right. I get it. Now you may you may be able to just wait it out and wait for them to go on sale to the general public and get your season tickets. I can tell you that you will have limited options. And I can't tell you that I can guarantee that it's going to happen. I can guarantee sellouts for the games, but I can't guarantee that we'll sell out of all of what we are putting our allotment of in uh, season tickets. And whatever season tickets we don't sell, hey, that's great because that means that there will be single game tickets available to some people who will otherwise not get a chance to go to games. There will be season ticket, uh, single game tickets available to all games. We're leaving a portion of the tickets available for that, but uh, we'll sell out of the games. So, you know, keep that in mind. Get in line, and if you are a season ticket holder, get excited, man. It, it, I you, am. you have gotten your slot. Do you know what your slot is? Do you know what day you can it's go? It's pretty early. I was season ticket holder number 50 or 60 or something. So early. Yeah. So it's it's pretty early on you're, the first you're, day. You're, I was going to say, you're probably day one then. Feeling good about it. Yeah. Got my spot picked out. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Don't want to tip anybody off. Oh heck no! You don't want to give it away. But uh, I'm. But so my does that crossed. mean not not in the supporters section? You're going to get a seat. Yes. Okay. For for multiple reasons, and it's 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 nothing against the supporters section. Sure. People, but uh, the opportunity and just knowing that once you get it, you're locked in. Yeah is something that's important to us. I won't be a young, spry 39-year-old like I am now. I might, you know, 10 years from now, I might like to sit on my butt for 90 minutes. But I get that. Well, you know, it's, um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a bit of a change, a bit of an awkward decision to make, but it's, you know, Wait. hopefully I can maybe scoot over there. Uh, I think that there will be ways, if there will be methodologies. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to encourage any rule-breaking, but I'm hoping there's a little possible flexibility of, Letting some people uh, maneuver into the supporter section who maybe have seats who just, you know, mood Ooh. strikes them and they want to get a little bit of rowdy come the seventieth minute or something. We'll see. We'll see on that. I, I think know. I can. I think I can safely guarantee that to the capos and to the groove machine. 
Sure. And I believe they're going to be getting their own wristbands or whatnot that go along with that so that you can go and get a seat, but if you are part of that, that you'll be able to get back over and do the thing. Sure. Beyond that, yeah, it might take some finagling, but, you know, we're not naive in the front office. We know sure. that there are ways that you could, oh, I borrowed my friend's barcode sure. or whatever it is. There'll be ways, sure. and there should be room in the supporters section that that won't matter. It's a lot of space. I'm hopeful that there are a lot of supporters section seats that go to the general public. Me too. Because that's a great way to get people involved. Oh, yeah. And also, it's a great way. It gets them in the stadium. It gets them that first game vibe of, yeah. oh, my gosh, I'm with the supporters, and they're going nuts. And also gets you a little jealous of those guys who've got those seats over there. Sure. It's like, oh, man. That looks nice. Yeah. This is incredible. I love being in here. Wouldn't it be cool to have a seat? Uh, it's all, it's different kind of game day vibe. Yeah. But I'm excited to see how that shakes out. I think that there are a lot of current supporters, supporter section guys who will get seats. Yep. And I think there are a lot of uh, current seat holders who are going to go sit in the supporter section because, yeah, the price is right for one thing. Sure. And two, you ever watch a Minnesota United game? I have. You ever watch a LAFC game? Yeah. And you see what that standing room only section looks like oh, on fun. nights when it's rocking? It's a banger. It's a banger. It's about uh, to go next level. Yeah. And so oh. next week, seats go on sale. Not everybody will have the option to get them yet. I understand that. Wait your turn. But also, if you are sincerely concerned about getting your seat with your friends, if you are sincerely concerned about, uh, you know, man, my slot is on August 4th and, or August 5th, and my best friend's day is July 28th, well, check in with your best friend and see if, they, if you pay them, will they double their seat allotment? Yep. And they can get all four or all eight or whatever it is and include you in and then transfer them over to your seat. Yeah, I mean, this is not complex stuff. Yep. So unless you've got groups of 15, 20 people that you have to be seated next to all 15 or 20 of those people, this is, this is there, there are ways to finagle this system. Yeah. yeah, get creative, folks. Yeah, but also get with your people. Find out where everybody wants to sit. Coordinate. Yeah, it's time. It's time, and this is important. I don't know what, what else you had scheduled for this next week, all that is second in importance to this. And you should get your ticket game in order now, tonight. Yeah. Whenever it, you hear this, get it together. Pause this podcast, frankly. Yeah. And go call your friends. We're, we're getting up for the end here. You can go. You yeah, can this go. Is, this is serious, folks. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You should see the front office right now. The ticket sales interns. Uh are doing push-ups uh they're all running on treadmills uh i i my only job over the next two weeks they've taken me off of all of my other duties my only job is to bring moist towels and hydration to our ticket sales staff because they are that amped up about what's about to happen there are going to be hiccups i want to prep everybody for that there will be hiccups you may be one of the unfortunate people who, uh, my time was at this time, and for whatever reason it didn't show up as a thing, and I didn't get my email, and I called, and they said I was... There are going to be, because this is we're about to sell 9,000 season tickets in three weeks. We, it's not going to go perfectly. This is our first time doing this. It's not going to go perfectly. They're working really hard to make this as smooth as possible. I've been impressed with how hard Dave Walkovic and his crew have been working to get ready, and I think that, uh, man, it's going to get people excited. Yeah. 
have a little patience, folks. Yeah. These folks are working hard. Um, be nice to them, and they will be nice to you in return. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that's so much of customer service, isn't it? That's, it's just, just, that's just life. How man. hard is it to be nice to people? Just be nice. Like It'll come back to you. No one in the front office is going to try to screw you no. out of a seat. Right. No I, one. I, I read a, I read a, a Reddit thread where, where a guy came with a, a bit, with a mild complaint where he felt like he was, um, his, his order that he got assigned was a little bit off. And I was expect when I opened the thread, I was expecting it to be 30 other people saying, yeah, me too. But actually it was like 29 other people being like, actually, mine worked out. Mine's been pretty good so far. So it's yes, a, there will be a few hiccups, but I think I think they're going to nail it. I think the vast majority of it's going to go smoothly, and you should be pretty happy with with what you're able to come up with. And that stuff for Andrew is pretty simple. If you were the 50th season ticket purchaser that first year, you're going to be early. It's going to be great. No worries. Easy peasy. That's easy to do the math on where you go in the thing. There have been some other bits about our season ticket sales that have made the queue interesting. If you bought the two-year season pit ticket package, but that was the first year you got your season tickets, that put you ahead of somebody from that same year who only bought the one-year season ticket package. And we announced that when we offered the two-year package. You buy this, you'll be to the front of the line for that year. And we so we did that. So you may have bought your season tickets for 2017 or 2018 really early that year. Right. Somebody who bought the two-year ticket plan really late goes ahead of you. Sure. Just as a heads up, be thinking about that. And we announced that when it happened. And by we, I mean they, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> I got the two-year ticket package, which right. is one of the reasons why, despite working for the team now, I am still paying off my season ticket package. But are you getting uh, getting seats? Um, I don't know if we're going public with that yet, but I'll say that <laughs> yes. I, I don't think there's any... We sure. do. We the employees of the team get an allotment. Sure. Uh, it is not the same allotment that it is now, and uh, the quality of the seat is not what it is now. But you know, it, it's a perk of sure. working for the club. Uh, that my wife will have a way in the stadium. We're still going to buy our season tickets though, because right. I can get fired tonight. Like I get a phone call as soon as I. Uh, there may have been a call during the podcast saying, I doubt that. "Evan, you're out." Not and uh, so I'm not leaving anything to chance. We're still going to buy our season ticket. Sure. But we're only going to buy one now. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, you always find a home for it, I'm sure. I, I, have, I have no doubt. And that's one of the things that we like right now about me being for the club, working for the club, is we find a home for the tickets that we get allotted to us. And uh, my wife and uh, some of our friends do a great job of trying to make sure those go to first time attendees. Uh, my wife has brought like 11 people this year from her uh, from her department at the hospital. Awesome. And uh, two of them have gone on to become season ticket holders. That's what it's all about. And I'm saying, you do that. One of them was a kid, one of them brought their kids the night we did the uh, kick on the field. Oh yeah. And they got to come out and do a kick on the field. And that oh, kid's yeah. a fan for life now. Sure. Like, he's in. That was a good promo. And I came up with a pretty good idea good there. Good job, man. Hey, it was a team effort. It was all me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's fun though. And that's, that's what I like about, you know, get, bring people out to the stadium and ask around. I, I, I'm, I work for the club and I want us to sell as many tickets as possible, but I also want those tickets to get used. Oh, yeah. If you've got extra tickets, get them to somebody fine. Charge them a buck, two bucks, 
Charge them 80 bucks. I don't give a shit. But make sure it goes to somebody who's coming to the game because it's a blast. And if they've never been and you want them to come with it's you. It's part of your responsibility as a season ticket holder to get your tickets in the hands of somebody that will use them if, even if you can't come to the game. Agreed. All right, we've we, we banged the season tickets drum. It's exciting. It is Everybody, exciting. the stadium, it's exciting. It's Everything's great. Soon there will be tours for season ticket holders of the actual site. It's coming. It's very close. We're working out details. You'll get emails and schedules and all that about how you can get in there and tour the stadium if you're a season ticket holder. That's exciting, too. I went on one last week. It's getting super real in there. Super real. The interior is starting to take shape. Yeah. You're starting to see glass go up. Yeah. You're starting to see a couple of rails. Yeah. There's concrete now out where the stadium, out where the seating will be. There's stuff in it now. And that's that's intense. Um, I can't wait to see the club start to go in, like the actual, like... Fancy seats. Stuff. Yeah. I, wanna, I can't wait to see an actual seat get put in. Right. That'll be a cool day. Let me ask you this. The virtual tour had the seats as black. Yeah. Is that is that it? Is they that are it? dark gray. They're dark gray and sort of like like diff, like slightly different shades of dark gray. Yeah. There are different shades. Throughout. There are different shades throughout. Yes. So it'll have a little textured feel when you look at them. That's cool. Um, there has been discussion and conversation about do you want to have you know try to do the crest in the seats? Do you want to try to do loose city with purple seats in it and all that? And that's an option, and that you can do that at any time in club history. It wasn't a priority. Uh, I think we should go ahead and do it this year. All right. Well, if you want to uh, donate the uh, the seats, then we'll. Well, uh, are purple <laughs> seats more expensive than gray? Seats? I don't have the answer to that. Okay. I just know um. that uh, there was discussion about it, and it's basically a it's a thing we can do. Sure. It is not a thing we have to do. Sure. Right from go. I get it. And so, uh, and you know, if people show up the first year and go, why the hell aren't there? Why isn't it, you know, everywhere else has seat art or whatever. And fine, you know, maybe in the off season you make the make that change. Sure. Uh, but it, it didn't feel like a priority when I discussed it. Oh, I get it. We, we keep getting farther, though, away from, I, I have one actual other thing I want to discuss with Andrew before uh, I lose him, uh, which is you wrote a really nice article not long ago. They got picked up a couple of places about uh, NWSL and the momentum of the Women's World Cup and what NWSL could mean to Louisville, what it can mean to any soccer community. And I wanted to sort of give you a chance to talk about that a little bit, A, about the success of the article, because it was a great article and it got picked up a lot of places, which uh, articles don't always do when you write them for something like, you know, the Coopers. Uh, but B and talk about you know what do you what are you hoping to see in terms of soccer in this city besides the Louisville City first team men? Yeah, so uh, that was an article that that I had actually uh, I, I thought of it this over the over the off season when I was writing that three part uh, series. Uh, I think I called it "Where Do We Go From mm-hmm. Here?" and and it was sort of like a really long trilogy, sort of a state of the union of the club. And I started to get into uh, the issue of possibly adding a women's team in that article, and I pretty quickly realized that um, that was way more than just a little footnote. It's not uh, a blurb. It's not yeah. a blurb. That deserves its own treatment. So then I started composing that article, and then it occurred to me, well, it would uh, make sense to release this uh, during the Women's World Cup, which was then a few months away. So I actually sat on it 
for a few months and put it out. And it was good that I did because I think it caught a lot more eyes and a lot more attention when it came out during the World, the Women's World Cup this year, which was was getting a lot of attention this year. It was pretty remarkable, a actually. Pub. A lot of pub. And, um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I published it on the Cooper's website. Uh, thanks, Taylor, for giving me a good platform there. But then uh, I pretty immediately got... I got uh, approached from Insider Global, which, if you're not familiar, it's like a it's a online daily um, uh, news source for just for Louisville, and it's it's really it's really quality news, and they they wanted to run it, and so then it got more eyes on it, and and I was really glad about that because I don't know, I mean, I, I just I think that that NWSL, um, it's it's been a Let's just say I feel like it's been undervalued and underappreciated for way too long. When you contrast the attention that NWSL gets to the attention that the, our women's national team justly and deservedly gets, it's it it's 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 not fair actually because all these out women of it's yeah. out of proportion because all these women do ply their trade professionally in the NWSL and it seems to get forgotten about now the reason they don't for go that, take a nap for four years no they don't they keep playing and they play in front of frankly pretty modest crowds and some pretty modest venues there are some teams that are more ambitious than others the portland team does really really well they draw 15 16,000 a game the orlando team where alex morgan plays does well there's a few that, that that do pretty well but the majority of them I don't want to say languish, but they're they're they are a little bit in obscurity compared to where I think they should be. Um, and then so I got to thinking about that, and then I got to thinking about the new stadium, and uh, stadiums need dates. And by my best calculation, the Louisville City men's team uh, is only going to be using that stadium, God willing, 25 maybe times a year when you factor in friendlies, playoffs, Open Cup. Yeah, uh, and and such, that leaves a lot of dates that that could be making revenue for the team. Three hundred and forty. Three hundred forty. I just did that in my head. Good job, man. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not that it's just a date filler, but it seems to me that all the the stars are sort of aligning for this. And in the article, I I mentioned the North Carolina team, which is probably the best team in in WSL. They're yep. affiliated. With North Carolina FC, who's in the USL, so this is not just some, uh, uh, you know, women's version of MLS. Right. This is a this is open to anybody who, who wants to support a, a women's team. There are a few MLS uh, affiliated teams that are several that aren't that are independent. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't know anything. I don't have any inside information on that. The only thing I read, and I, I I'll encourage you. Sorry. The only thing I read, and I'll encourage you, is. The uh, there's an article on the Raleigh website W R A L where they do indicate that there were other USL teams interested in um, pursuing a team. So is that Little City? Well, keep your eyes peeled, folks. I think it might be. We'll see. I run into trouble here because I have there actually is a quote from Howie Lindsay about what I'm allowed to say about NWSL coming to Louisville. Yeah. It is a very detailed and informative quote. We are currently not allowed to comment on this subject. That's the quote, okay? Fair enough. Um, I can, as a fan and as an avid soccer consumer and not as an employee of Louisville City Football Club, say that how could it not make sense 
that this is the ideal type of environment for this. Okay? We have a brand new stadium that, as you say, has a bunch of days where it'll just be sitting empty. We have a growing soccer fan base that is, man, go to the games. It's, it, it's impressively gender diverse in terms of it is not all 33-year-old white guys with beards. And I think that you can, can be convinced that it is because I'm a that. But I'm saying that uh, there are a number of huge Lou City fans that are women and a huge number of Lou City fans that are women. So you have both impressively dedicated huge fans and an impressive number of them. Uh, and I am part of what I assume is not the minority of people who just like soccer and wants to watch good soccer. I don't care if it's men, women, children, you know, uh, elephants, whatever you've got that can play soccer, I want to watch it if it's good soccer. And NWSL is good product. Uh, and then beyond the fact that it just makes sense for our town and for our stadium, there are undeniable connections to Amanda Duffy, who is the commissioner of that league. And so it seems like it would be silly for us to not think that that was at least part of the conversation. I don't know that it is. And uh, the team's stance is that we can't really comment on that right now. But what I can say is that as a fan, it makes complete sense that that would be a part of our future here. And that there are too many good business reasons and too many good PR reasons and too many good financial reasons not to get involved in that growing market. Uh, I thought your article was well-written and well-reasoned. I thought that there's a reason it got picked up. Insider Louisville is a nice publication to read, and they do pick up from outside sources like this, but they don't do it willy-nilly. It wasn't, hey, we need to fill column inches. They don't have column inches. Right. They, they, they picked it up because it was an interesting thing about the future of business in this city, and I think that you have to hope that Louisville City, or screw it, if it's not Louisville City, the city of Louisville in some way gets involved with the NWSL because we've got venues for it here. Let's say they, they work work out a deal with you know Lynn Stadium. Let's say they work out a deal with Papa John's. They work out a deal with Bellarmine. I mean, you know, there are places to go to play soccer in this city, and there's a market for it. And so I hope that we have that here in this town. But the idea that it wouldn't be Louisville City seems strange to me. It seems like too good of too natural of a fit not to be explored over the next year, two years. Great article. Thank you. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to read all of Andrew's stuff, you can find a ton of it in the catalog and the archives on the Cooper's website. Uh, it's, it's always, he does a really nice job of not being weighed down by statistics but not ignoring them. And that's one of the things I enjoy about your writing is that you don't discount the, the relevance of uh, statistical analysis, but you also don't, it's not just reading like a, a, a math report. You do a nice job, and I, I always read whatever you post on there. So Thank you. Get on the Cooper's website. I've also, uh, as a Scouse's House plug, I've been really pleased with what Cody Ruth has been doing this year, writing articles for yes, the Scouse's House website. Cody's doing a really nice job. He's basically coming out with about one a month right now, which I think is about the right attitude. Between Taylor's 
Tuesday morning quarterback or whatever, and or center back. And Monday morning center back? Is, 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 whatever day. Tuesday it comes morning. out a lot of different days. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, whenever Taylor releases his game reviews, and then Duncan's uh, more colorfully and uh, specific uh, Very game thorough. reviews, extremely thorough game reviews, uh, there's good week-to-week coverage, and I think that... Uh, Cody and Andrew both do a really nice job of uh, maybe taking a bigger picture view of uh, Lou City. If you don't want to sit through an hour and a half of me talking or Taylor talking or uh, Jordan Cooper talking or any of the talking heads who talk for an hour and a half every week, uh, but you'd rather have something to read for eight minutes, these are valuable things to do. Go out and read them because there's a lot of different kinds of coverage of this team, and I think that it's valuable in all of its forms take advantage of it and the more clicks all of this stuff gets the more likely this stuff is to be continued to be produced and that's that's nothing but good for louisville city football club so keep yes, doing sir. it uh andrew you got anything else that you feel the need to cover any thoughts concerns questions no man thanks for having me on i don't have any more thoughts concerns or questions either uh other than the fact that i miss andy uh, not that Andrew Oost was not a perfectly suitable secondary Andy. Backup Andy. He's my, uh, but uh, Andy, you are uh, loved and missed. Uh, good luck with your test. I will probably be on with David O'Connell from Scouse's House next week. Uh, but I want to say thanks again to Andrew Oost. And uh, I can think of only one way to end any podcast, even when uh, Frederick is not here. And that is by saying, Go, Go City! City.